Are you trying to stay up to date on crypto events? Well, you're in luck because we have another crypto current for you right here, right now on The Cryptocracy. Welcome back, Cryptocrats. We have another cryptocurrent for you today, and we've got some interesting topics for you. So I'm joined by the non-fungible Crypto Corey. How are you doing, Crypto Corey? Hey, I'm doing really well. I'm happy to be here. Did I use that phrase correctly? Are you... I am non-fungible. Okay. I am unique. There is not another uh, another individual like me. Yes. Blackbeard's pretty close. I'm I'm an NFC. (laughs) That's a good one. Okay, we'll have to use that again later. All right. Um... Let's jump into today's stories. So our first big story is the Luna Foundation. Um, They're their own. They're a cryptocurrency, right? Yes. Okay. So Luna Foundation, they have a Bitcoin wallet. And it is one of the largest Bitcoin wallets out there. They are the 29th largest Bitcoin wallet. Uh, So I've got two questions. Why does a cryptocurrency foundation own other cryptocurrency? And... Um, why, why is this big news, I guess? Well, it's big news because they, they've purchased the bulk of their um, coins uh, over the last week. I think they bought like $750 million, something something around that, that amount. They might have even been uh, part of the reason why Bitcoin was, was going up in price. I, you know, I, I don't really know, but um, certainly their buying spree uh, did cause some, some price pressure on it. Um, and as I think we've noted in a previous cryptocurrent that um, Bitcoin and Ethereum both are experiencing uh, lows, uh, low, uh, not low volume, but low um, stock of the coin, if you will, uh, on those on those exchanges. And so, you know, it's pretty big when someone goes around buying this much uh, Bitcoin. Um, they are what they're trying to do is they're trying to back their stable coin. And when, you know, there's a lot of stable coins out there and there's always the question of whether or not they're, they're backed with anything valuable. You, you remember that we talked about Tether several uh, episodes ago yeah, and, and all the, um, I guess, distress around whether or not they actually uh, had assets to back them up. And, and it turned out that they do, but they certainly didn't have the U.S. dollars backing tether that they that they said they did and they said you know for every dollar that for every tether that we create it'll be backed by one dollar and that certainly wasn't true and so something i think a little bit shady went on with tether and i think that they're they're trying to um show the world that they actually have something backing their stable coin and it when they have uh this much bitcoin in a wallet address that everyone can see um it kind of gives their uh stable coin some some real backing and and something that people can believe in and makes it easier for them to, to peg it to the dollar okay yeah that, that makes sense all right well, let's move to our next story this one's a little bit sad i think so axie infinity um and that's a game right that's a it's yeah an nft it's an nft game game I don't, very, uh, a very popular one. Okay. I don't know. How does... Maybe this is a question for another time, but 
what is it? How does it? What an NFT game? You can just yeah, get NFTs I mean, in the game, or well, I I've never played Axie Infinity. Um, there's a lot of games that are cropping up that you use NFTs uh, for your characters, and um, you know you you can get rewards from playing the game, and and I'm sure uh, buy other NFTs in the game. Similar to how we've talked about Vulcanverse, although the, the premise of Vulcanverse is quite different uh, than uh, Axie Infinity. Um, but but it is it is a very popular uh, game, and they had someone compromise their uh, wallets, and they took out five thousand ether, so six hundred yeah. twenty million dollars. That's that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. So that money came from the the game developers, or that came from players, or both. Um, I'm I'm not certain how the mechanics of Axie Infinity work. I, I actually haven't uh, looked into this one at all. Uh, but they have some sort of uh, validators. Um, I think there's nine of them. And someone was able to, to hack in uh, uh, through a backdoor on, on one of their uh, nodes and was able to compromise the server, get the uh, crypto keys uh, for, the, uh, for their DAO, the Axie DAO. And that's what what was holding the cryptocurrency. So they they made off with five thousand Ethereum and twenty five point five million USD coin. So quite a bit of money. And so, or go ahead. Yeah, that's you know, my question. Uh, maybe you want to ask your question because I'm I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. So go ahead. Um, I remember when we did that hacking episode. Yes. So how does how how did they get hacked, I guess, is my question. Or were we talking in that episode specifically about how Bitcoin can't be hacked? Yeah. So when we talked about um, how do you hack a blockchain, we uh, said things like the Bitcoin network are very difficult to hack. In other words, you can't hack in and change the data on the blockchain. But if you gain someone's keys because you've hacked into something else, and you got the keys from that place, no, no different than if I snuck in at your window at night and took the keys to your car and then went out and started up your car, people wouldn't be saying, well, your car is not safe because a criminal was able to drive off with it. Well, no, your car is safe. You just didn't uh, lock your window at night and someone got in and got the keys. And this is literally what happened. Someone did not lock the window. Someone came in through a back door that was unlocked that had an exploit they were able to intercept the keys on that server, and then they were able to compromise. I can't remember how many it was. It was three or four of their servers, uh, of their validators. And once they did that, they basically had control of their network and were able to uh, authorize a transfer of 5,000 Ethereum and the 25 point uh, whatever, 5 million in uh, USD coin. And so... I, I literally, when when you were inter, uh, interrupting me with that question, I was literally going to go into, this is the type of thing that true decentralization stops. And I'm not saying that Axie Infinity is bad, and I'm not saying that partial uh, decentralization is bad, because we've talked about business use cases. But when you have a pool of of money, a high dollar target, and it's only guarded by six or or nine or whatever it is guardian nodes that's not enough security and it presents a really big uh target uh for someone to come after and if if 
if you can compromise, uh, you know, that small group of servers, it doesn't take very many that you have to take over before you can gain control. And that's that's what a hacker did. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So, I mean, do, will they be able to spin the the Ethereum and the USD coin? Well, can't uh, they see what wallet it was transferred yeah, to? They, you can track anything on the blockchain. So, how far will they get with it? I honestly don't so know. So, they're just going to watch until that Ethereum is traded in yeah. cash and then jump on it's, it. You know, it's it, there are people who have successfully stolen stuff, but um, they usually can't spend the funds. Um, because the networks are pretty good at blacklisting uh, wallet addresses uh, for for good or for bad. Um, And so if you try to take the cryptocurrency and exchange it for fiat, as soon as you hit one of those off ramps, the Coinbases of the world or the Binances of the world, you're going to be blacklisted and they're not going to allow you to exchange that into uh, a, a fiat currency. And most likely you don't even have an account unless you're, um, Unless you filled out your your KYC, your your know your customer, so they're gonna know who you are. Yeah. So as soon as you try to redeem it for cold hard cash, yeah. yeah so this this whole idea that that you know criminals use cryptocurrency, um, I'm not saying that they don't, but I'm saying that this criminal is gonna have a hard time spending that 620 million dollars uh, worth of of ether. It's essentially worthless. Yes. Okay. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. All right. Let's move to our next story. Um, this will probably just be a short one, but uh, kind of interesting. Robert, and I hope I, I don't know, Robert Kiyosaki, is, is that the correct Yeah, Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, many of you probably know, are familiar with his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He, yes. Yeah. I've heard of that book. It's the only reason I know who this is. But he has warned that the US dollar is about to implode and advises to buy... Bitcoin and Ethereum, etc. So that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. So let's let's break this down a little bit. You know, Robert Kiyosaki is um, he's a very animated figure. He's very popular in a lot of circles. Uh, I remember reading his book easily a decade ago, may, maybe even more. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, by the way, I'm writing my own book, Crypto Dad, Poor Dad. All right, not not. Really. I, I read that book. Yeah. yeah. All right, that was a bad joke. Um, so I, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I, I did enjoy it. I thought it was interesting. He's really into using uh, uh, debt leverage uh, to buy things where you use other people's money to to buy a house. And um, it's really interesting because I read his book and then I read uh, Dave Ramsey's book, uh, The Total Money Makeover, which says never use uh, debt ever uh, except maybe to buy your own house that you live in, but certainly don't use it for investing. So and and uh, Dave Ramsey and Robert Kiyosaki actually happened to, to know each other and be friends. Um, but over the last few years, I think Robert Kiyosaki has kind of gotten a little bit out there. Um, he's very outspoken critic of uh, of the government, which I which I can understand. Um, very very outspoken critic of of Biden. Um, blames the inflation on Biden, which um, I don't think is fair. I I think that all of Congress. Uh, is is culpable for the inflation, uh, both Democrat, Republican, Independent, Bernie Sanders, uh, all of them, um, and that you know they've all signed uh, bills that have allowed them to raise the debt ceiling, and that quantitative easing, uh, I think, started under George Bush, uh, a Republican uh, president. So 
I don't again, I don't think it's fair to to blame blame Biden for inflation. He's certainly not helping things. Um so I, I don't like it when people are so caustic, if you will. But that doesn't mean that his message is wrong. And is the dollar about to implode? You know, that's pretty um reactionary language. Uh do I think the dollar's in trouble? Yeah. Do I think it's gonna implode tomorrow? No. I I don't. We have a $22 trillion GDP. And when you say we, you mean the United States. Yeah, not not me, not the cryptocracy, but the United States has has a 22.5 something trillion dollar GDP. We're officially on the book something like $29 trillion in debt. So we're a little bit more in debt than, than what our GDP is. If we took austerity measures and if we took the the, the simple thing of we're going to keep spending at its current rate and we're not going to raise anything. You know, we'll we'll refund the government at the same rate the next year as our GDP grows and our tax base uh, continues to grow. Um, we would eventually be able to at least balance the budget and to a certain extent, stop, stop the bleeding. So I, I don't think that, that the dollar is going to be dead uh, tomorrow or implode. I do think it's going to be, a continued slow decline over the next several years if, if we don't change course. But the but the the thing that um, is mitigating, if you will, is that the rest of the world is inflating their currencies too. And no one's taking austerity measures, meaning they're just continuing to spend and no one's saying, hey, we can't afford this. We're going to stop spending. They just keep spending and they keep printing. And And when all of the currencies are in the same boat, before the dollar collapses, I think you would expect a a global collapse of of all currencies, and then again, everyone's on the same footing, and this is probably headed towards. I mean, you you keep hearing in the news the the Great Reset, and we're probably headed towards that. Um, you know, a total collapse of of all fiat currencies across the board because it's unsustainable to continue to print trillions and trillions of dollars, or whatever currency they're they're printing. At some point, it it will come down. But I don't think that's tomorrow. I don't even think that's next year. I think it's, a, a, again, a decline over the next several years. And maybe there will be some catalyst uh, that completely brings it down. I do believe that the U.S. Uh, currency could go out of favor. And um, particularly with what's, what's going on with Russia and Ukraine, and we're refusing to buy their oil, and now they're beginning to try to price oil in, in the rubles instead of the U.S. dollars. And that could have an effect on the demand of the dollar and its value. But again, um, will that will that implode it tomorrow? No, I, I don't think so. So he's saying go out and buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana. Those are three that I like, um, but for certain Bitcoin and Ethereum, he, he's he's not wrong on those two. Yeah, I don't I don't think he is. All right, well, let's just do this last one super fast. MicroStrategy has obtained $205 million in Bitcoin-backed loans to buy more Bitcoin, BTC. Yeah, so we just went from Robert Kiyosaki, who says, you know, use all the leverage you possibly can to get other people's money so that you can buy uh, assets that that will make you rich. Uh, Michael Saylor is the king of using leverage to get Bitcoin. So he is using his Bitcoin to get money. So he's using his Bitcoin as collateral to get money 
to buy more Bitcoin. And so he's got this interest only loan um, and is buying 200 and what was it? $205 million worth of, worth of Bitcoin. So this is an interesting idea. It's obvious in Michael Saylor's mind, if you listen to him for even 15 minutes, he believes that fiat currency, much like Robert Kiyosaki, is, is on its way out. Uh, he believes that the U.S. dollar is eventually doomed. Um, again, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I just don't know if it's doomed tomorrow. But uh, at some point, it's, it's, there's going to be a reckoning. And so his thought process is, why wouldn't I use worthless paper to buy this uh great asset, Bitcoin. And the more loans that I can get uh, to get more Bitcoin, paying back these loans or even paying the interest on the loan is better than the inflation rate. So as the dollars are inflated, the amount, the, the underlying value of what he pays back is diminished. And so he's basically uh, getting Bitcoin uh, in his mind eventually for, for free or at least at a discount. He could always turn around at the next, um, you know, Bitcoin high, if it, if it breaks 70,000 or goes to 100,000, sell off part of the Bitcoin that he's bought and, and, and pay off the loan. And he's, he's made out like a bandit. And this isn't the first time that he's done something like that. They also issued bond, uh, bonds. Um, I'm not certain how his paper was valued. I, I want to say like we got a B rating or something like that, which isn't a very high rating, um, which would make it a junk bond. So he was using um, junk bonds basically to to finance his purchases of, of Bitcoin, which is an interesting strategy. It's, it's, it's right out of the Robert Kiyosaki playbook. Use someone else's money to buy yourself a hard asset. Well, that is certainly a strategy, one that we will neither... We'll, we'll neither promote nor whatever the opposite of promote. We're not going to promote it. We're not going to tear it down. But I, I'll tell you, we're not going out and borrowing money and, and putting it into Bitcoin. That's just not the way uh, I operate. Uh, maybe, maybe Josh will borrow money, but I, I don't do that. I, I might need to. All right. Well, that about wraps up this crypto current. Thanks for joining us. Um, if you haven't already, go ahead and follow us on our social media accounts. We are, we are on Twitter at the underscore cryptocracy and on instagram at the cryptocracy and then give us a rating and review if you haven't already the highest you are willing to give and stay cryptic